The 10pence arcade podcast is sponsored by Retro Games Pie. Get out of emulation and into the real arcade with Retro Games Pie. Arcade game hire for public events and private parties. With regular free community-led meetings throughout the year, there ain't no party like a Retro Games Pie. Visit the website at www.retrogamespie.co.uk and get involved. Hello, I'm Victor Marland, a.k.a. Vertvic. And I'm Alex Crowley, a.k.a. Chucky Yig. Welcome to the 10pence Arcade Podcast. This is a show about retro arcade video games of yesteryear. Where we sometimes touch on other retro-related subjects, as is our want. But we're never far away from good old 10p munching games machines. And every week we choose our game to play during the week. And then compete against each other in that week and review the game for the podcast. So, old mate, how you been after these two weeks uh, without podcasting? Seems like a long time, Vic, since seems I last like, saw you. It seems like a lifetime. Well, we see each other quite a lot in the week, don't we? We've been doing lots of things, but it seems a while since we've done the podcast, that's for sure. It uh, certainly does, mate, but we've had a load of things to talk about, and there's loads of things been happening too. Yeah, yeah. forgive good. me, guys, I've got a bit of a dodgy throat. I've been not too good the last week. He's been on the lockets. I nearly died. I had man flu. Yeah, right. It's all that dust you've been breathing in. <laughs> So how have you been, mate? What have you been up to? Oh, loads of things. Um, well, should we talk about my little pickup? Yeah, yeah. Which was uh, last week. I've got like a safe search I've got on eBay and for certain things. And um, this bar top turned up. Now, You've already got a bar top. I made you one. What do you need one for? Well, mm-hmm. this is an official Nintendo one. Oh, right. So I had that word involved. It's, you know, it's better than yours. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but no, I doubt it. I no, no, of course it's that. not. Well, even so, these are really rare. And I thought, on first glance, the guy had it up for £30. 30 quid, cool. Yeah. I thought, right, okay. Without even reading the description, I'm going to buy it now. You hit that button. I hit the button. Oh. And it's basically just a shell with a control panel. But I thought, even so, you know, this is still quite rare. You know, but it's got play choice on it. And I sent it around to a few people and they'd had a look at it and they all went, yeah, that's really rare. You know, well done, great pickup. You know, and I was so excited about going to pick this cab up. And um, it was over in uh, Essex, yeah. South End, which I'd never been over that way before. Essex. And I had to go that way anyway, so I had to pick up a cab through a fellow collector, Muddy Music. So it was on my way. So I arrived at this guy's house, and uh, here it was. He was honest about it. He said it was a um, a bar top, and there was nothing inside. But then, as soon as I saw it, I realised this is huge. How can this be on a bar top? This wants to be on a bloody table. You so know, what exactly was it then? Well, it it's, a, a bar it's a bar chop. A bar they, chop. Yeah, <laughs> a bar chop is what it is. Because the guy, not him, whoever he brought it off, is literally just cut the top of a Play Choice 10 cab off. Oh, right, with a massive bandsaw or something. Yeah, oh, and called idea. it a bar top. <laughs> <laughs> How did he attach the control panel to it? Is the actual top... Well, it's the actual top part of the cab. Well, I haven't seen it yet. I'll have a look at well, it. It's outside. You yeah. keep walking past it. Oh, I must have <laughs> blanked it out mentally or something. I'll have a look in a minute. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, it looks just like a Play Choice 10, but you know the bit where the small motor goes? Yes, the 10-inch one on the top. It's that part. Ah, oh, I see, I see. I've actually got a 10-inch model, so we may be able to yeah. do something with that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's unusual. I would do but anyway, something. it's too big. And I looked at it and I thought, nah, this is not for me. You know, I mean, the idea of a bar <laughs> well, top is, some, is, is it small and you can go into your 
absolutely in your bedroom yeah. or your arcade and doesn't take up too much space well you win some you lose some of these based on something sometimes yeah. you, you get a bummer and sometimes you get a, a bit of a winner yeah well it's probably down to experience any so, other stuff off ebay i know you're a bit mad well, I, I like looking at ebay i mean there was a golf that sold uh this week a nice looking golf an Amer- uh, golf uh american one sold for 345 quid with two pcb sets working um, no, it sold as not working, but I think it looks pretty good. Still a bargain, good. though. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think the board sets are probably worth nearly that on their own. Yeah, and the other interesting cab, which I've never seen turn up before, was a Tekan World Cup cab. Did you see that with a topper? What, it's an like, upright cab or a cocktail? N- no, it's a cocktail. With a trackball. With a trackball. I think I might have done. I, I don't like sports games, but that one looks quite nice. Yeah, because it's like original. a top-down yeah. uh, football game where you just see the head and the legs either side. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think it's one of those football games that I would probably like as well. It's quite simple. Oh, cool. You know, and it has this great big topper that goes over the top. Yeah, all oh, right, excellent. So, um, yeah, I think that, oh, that um, that's going up to the arcade. James and Andy. Oh, right, they bought it, they? Oh, nice So we'll one. get to see it up there. Cool, I'll go and get to that. play that. that. Sounds pretty good. And uh, there was a really interesting cab um, by Sega in 1970, Gunfight. Did you see that one? Oh, yes. There's been some discussions on the, the arcade forums mm. about this. I'm not sure if one of the, our friends has got it by now. Hopefully they have. Yeah. It's not exactly uh, it's a, not a, it's video. Not a video game. It's a mechanical or electromechanical video game. I think it's got some electrical parts to it. Yeah. But basically, you've got a, a pistol grip at either end, and you control a cowboy. You slide them around, don't you? To move slide the them around, and um, you've got to shoot each other within a time limit, and whoever gets the most scores is the winner. But I think there's a few cactuses in between, and if you shoot the cactuses, they fall down as well. Oh, awesome. Um, and it's got like a glass top, and it's tables. So you're standing up playing this game. They're big old things, aren't they? About the same size as um, an air hockey table. Yeah, and it, do you know what? It reminds me, Vic, of when I was a kid, and my dad used to take me to the science museum. And right at the bottom of the basement there, there used to be these electrical and mechanical things you used to be able to play on. Yeah, I remember those. And, and it took me back. Kid, it really yeah. took me back. And they're all gone there, all replaced with touch mega screens and stuff like that I'm not, mm. not interested in but I think these sort of machines are really fun to play I think you get a lot of fun out of that yeah I remember those from when I was a little kid going to the arcades when I was really young I can hardly remember but as well as the video games the Pac-Mans and the, the Space Invaders and all that sort of stuff and the gunfights you used to still have the old electromechanical games yeah and the other ones I used to like as well were the rolling games remember those the, the ones with the racing cars they had like a rolling yeah, wheel yeah, yeah, yeah. and you had like a light Yes, thing, and you used to move it around, and you could hit these different. Yeah, that's objects. really early stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that was the same sort of vein as these, and it's like the electromechanical games where you, you sort of had to move characters, and they were physical characters. Yeah, they used to fall down. Because and all you know, when different. I remember my first experiences in the arcade, you know, with Space Invaders and stuff like that, these cabs were still hanging around. Yeah, a bit like Space Invaders was still hanging around towards the end of the eighties. You still had a lot of these seventies mechanical stuff hanging around, and of course, by the end of the eighties, they were all gone. But yeah, it's quite interesting to see this stuff pop up. I used to see them all the time when I was a kid. I mean, used to go to some of the the old sort of more run-down arcades when you're on holiday and stuff, and they would have a lot of these old mechanical games and these old light games. Yeah. More so than the video games, because obviously they weren't doing so well and they couldn't afford the video games, because the video games were very expensive when they come out, but they used to pay for themselves quite quickly as well. Yeah. And they sort of basically got eaten out. It always reminds me of that one you always remember, the gunfighting game. We had the big room. You had to, oh, you had to oh yes, the, the gallery. Yeah, you had yeah. to shoot the hillbillies. Well, that guy made, oh, I think it was from Bristol or something. There was an article about that in Retro Gamer once, in you know, in the beginning issues. 
and I remember reading about it, and this one guy created all of those galleries out of mannequins and stuff that he could, he'd got from shops and stuff like that. Yeah, because you said the old granddad in the in the rocking chair used right, to shoot yeah. different things, and they made noise and squirt. Yeah, they're the just all gone now. Yeah, but they were massive. Though, used to yeah, be. you couldn't have one of them in your arcade. Could in, you? in Weymouth, they had one on the on the in the pavilion, right at the end of the one well, near the pier business, and they had it in the pavilion. It took up like half the end of the arcade. And in yeah. the end, I think it moved. They put about yeah. thirty cabs in there. It's that much room. They were massive. There is a uh, mechanical or sort of early mechanical, a bit bit different than what we're talking about in Brighton, underneath the arches. Is that right? Yes, there is. I've been there before. Yeah. What I'd like to know if there's is any sort of electro mechanical museums or forums because I'm quite interested in this sort of stuff yeah I think it'd be more part of um, not really the fruit machines but those sort of old redemption games yeah I think it'd be more to do with that yeah, there must be, be something if to anyone knows handle. about that I'll be quite interested yeah write into us please stuff. that is interesting all these old really old like sub 70s things aren't they yeah and before that some of them yeah so what what have you been up to, Vic? Have you been up to anything much this last couple of weeks? Yeah, uh, a few bits and bobs. I'm, as you know, I'm a load of work done at the house, so I've yes. not been able to get much time on the arcade. Who's but doing I, that then? Uh, some dodgy builder. Oh. But I've left one machine in the arcade I can get to because I had to put loads of stuff in there because there's loads of move, moving around things and stuff. And I've been I put left one machine that I can play with my main stuff on it. I've been playing a bit of I've been playing a few games actually, trying to find some for our our list. For the games we can play during the week. So I've got us yeah. a new list of loads of odd games. Cool. One of the really odd ones I found was a game called Uncle Pooh. Uncle Pooh? I don't yeah. think I've got that. You didn't put that on my bar top. You've got a fart at people. Sounds Honestly, it's 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 quite a fun right game. North Street, that, isn't it? It's it's like a little sort of maze game that the maze is always moving. Mm. Like that Devil's Zone, is it? Oh, okay, yeah. This. And it's like that, but you can you can pick up things and fart at these different things. It's quite a good little game, actually. Yeah. Believe it or not, it's really good. I've also been reading Retro Gamer, which I, I stopped buying for a while because they, they they sadly lacked a bit of the arcade. Yeah. more consoles. And I, but... I don't bother with that, Mag. Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> this this month's edition, was uh, there was a special on arcades. So I thought, I've got to buy this. And it had a really nice cover on there, real pixelated art with loads of arcade cabs on there. What did I see on page 31? Huh? Some good-looking guy. Yeah, this room we're in at the moment with some kit holding on to the arcade machine. You were yeah. in there, mate. I'm sorry about that. I ruined your read, didn't I? I can't believe you got in there before I me. I always wanted to get in there. I know what you used it for, Ian. Toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a good article. It's, they do 70s, 80s, 90s, and the, and the more present stuff. Yeah. And it is good read. Very good it read. It is a good read. I mean, if if the trouble is they don't do it often enough to make it more, more in-depth. That's the trouble. I'd like but, to see a regular arcade. Yeah. There. Yeah, that, yeah, I'd I mean, start writing again the, then. The, 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 the only criticism most people will make, but, you know... We, We've got to be thankful for for what it is. Oh anyway. God, yeah, the, the the magazines are really well put together. Yeah. yeah. Another thing with that a same edition is they got a really good in depth review on on Funspot mm. with the, the the owner of Funspot. He's a really old guy now. I think he must be eighty. Yeah. And he he gets there every morning apparently to open the place up, and he works there during the day. He's really enthusiastic. So good on him. And there's also uh, a good review in there of in television. Because I've been getting into the television podcasts lately, even though I'm not really that into the consoles. Uh, and they do quite a good in, in, uh, review of the television and some of the hardware. And, and they even do a, a ColecoVision as well, which is one of those ones I never quite had as a kid. They were a bit too expensive back in the day. Yeah. But they, they had some really nice little games on there as well. I must have to try a few of them on emulation. Yeah, I've never really played it, to be honest with you. They were, they you were better than the VCS, but not quite as good as the NES. Yeah, I don't remember it in, in, in between. Mates, only one. 
it was what it was. I think it was more American than anything. Yeah. And one of the rich kids I knew. Or we had quite in well television, off. didn't we? In the, television, yes. yeah, yeah. It's in television. The other one, then? ColecoVision. ColecoVision. That's right. ColecoVision had some quite smart arcade ports. They had a good version of Donkey Kong, I remember. Yeah. And some other ones. They're a bit better than the the VCS because the VCS was years and years before, like three or four years before. Mm. So that was good. We also went on a little bit of a trip yesterday morning. See a guy called Greg. He had a, a cab that I was going to buy. Yes, it was it, a boot, wasn't it? Yeah, it was going to be. It, it was going to replace one of the cabs I'm just about to start restoring, mm. which is the Moon Guardian, which I'm going to put my Konami board in with the 10 games on. And I thought, oh, this looks like. It looked exactly like a Japanese Galaxian cab. Yeah, it had a Space Firebird in it, which I was interested in. So we, both parties, me and Vic, were interested in parts of the cab. But it was in a really bad state, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty pretty beaten up. The back was a bit ripped off. Uh, I don't think the game board worked, or maybe the monitor didn't work. It was a very old monitor, and it was mm. just too much work for me. Greg offered a really good price for it as well. Yeah. And I think anyone who wants a decent uh, project cab will buy yeah. it in a second. It yeah. was great. And he was really nice about it. Lovely bloke. Yeah. He showed us some of his other cabs as well, and he had the Interceptor. Oh, this cab. Yeah. I've sent this off to a few, few forums and they've all gone, wow. Yeah. This is incredible. I've never seen it. 1975, actually. Oh, actually, I thought it was 76. Yeah, it was released in 76 in Europe yeah. and 75 in Japan. Okay. And it was by the same guy who did Space Invaders. That's right, yeah. But he also did the game Speed Race, which was an old racing car game. I remember that in the arcades. I had a Speed Race. Did I had the colour version, Speed Race CL5. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that a, it's a revival one? That was my one. That was my old one, yeah. Oh, that's his thing. That's yeah. a brilliant game. It's a really nice game. Same, guy. same bloke, yeah. But I think he did... He did the very first one, which was a black and white version, but then Super Speed Race come out, which was colour, sit down, and then CL5 come out, and I think they're just all well, versions of the special. same thing. I mean, if you're into, you know, Taito stuff... Yeah, um, which I do like. And, and that guy who created Space Invaders, then that would be an excellent cab to have in your collection. It's a bit like me with my Nintendo stuff. I like any, anything early Miyamoto, you know, anything before Do- Donkey Kong. Well, yeah. anything that he's done, I'm interested in. So, you know, this cab is quite special in a way. I mean, it's quite a basic game. It's got Very a black, black and one. white raster monitor where you have to pull the enemy aircraft onto your crosshair and they don't fire back at you. You just fire at them in a time limit. But it really gives you the feel of a, you know, you're flying a Second World War aeroplane. And this it? game is in, as far as I know, no emulation. No. Because it's an old TTL game, and it's not even on CLOV, is it? What do you mean, TTL? Uh, it was two-type logic. Rather than using a processor right. and code, the, yes. the game wasn't coded, actual program, it just used different chips to make the screen move around and the sounds. Okay, so and it's got really unique sounds so you can't, you can't emulate. Then, no, it can't make. be dumped on, right, on an okay. EEPROM burner. That's a lot of the early TTL games are like that. Speed Race was the same, but that was a colour game. Yeah. Yeah, some of the really early ones. I've seen before Space Fevers and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's 70, 75 and 76. It's sort of the UK. beginning then. It's not even a, there's not a processor in it then. No. As such. No, there isn't. So you can't dump it. That's why they yeah. can't emulate it, I think. So you could say it's almost an electromechanical game in a way. Well, it's electronic. It's electronic, but yeah. it's not got a, a chip or processor. No, no, it hasn't. It's bizarre how they did it. Yeah. It's, it's really clever. It's interesting. But the good thing about these old games, and the same as my old Speed Race CL5, if certain chips on the board stop working, because there's not a program that runs in a loop and it cr- contains errors and stops and watchdogs itself, mm. it would just keep working. Because yeah. my Speed Race used to work absolutely fine. But when you crashed the car, instead of an explosion noise, it just made a funny little dunk noise. Yeah. And that was it, because it couldn't make the noise because that chip was broken. Oh, okay. If you could find what chip it was, you just change it. Yeah. But the, the, the board would keep running and keep running, even mm. if there's things wrong with it. 
which is brilliant. Yeah, that was. I mean, so that was really interesting to see, and such a rare cab. I mean, there's not even a, a member on Clove. No. Uh, with owning that cab, so that was really something special. But um, he didn't want to part, did he, just yet? <laughs> no, I don't blame him as well. No. The screen was a little bit fuzzy on it, but everything worked. And this yes. is a nearly 40-year-old cab, Yeah, for goodness sake. It's all working still. So, yeah, that was a good trip. Any other news? I mean, I've got some news Some personal about, news, yeah. yeah. Yeah, our UK Donkey Kong Junior guy, Al, a.k.a. Pac-Man on the forums, has just broken the 1 million mark on Donkey Kong Junior. I hate him. That is such a good score. Well it done, Al. awesome. A million points is, yeah. is getting up. What is it, number 12? If that was actually recorded, we're doing number 12 in the world. Well, within a month, I think, I've got it down here, the 28th of Feb, he was on 325,000. That was a massive jump. So within jump. a month, he's jumped to 1 million. Wow, well done, Al. That's really good. So that's dedication, isn't it? It is, yeah. And he's quite good at Donkey Kong as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's 400,000 odd on Donkey Kong, I think, as well. That's 73% off the record of the, of the world champion. Um, Gyrus, there's a, another world record on that. On 24th of March, Kim Cannon Arm. He's got a Danish second surname, so I'm not even going to bother pronouncing that. I wouldn't. Um, but apparently he's passionate about short shoot 'em ups and he was going to go for the 100-hour record. 100 hours on one yeah. go? Oh, my Lord. But he didn't He didn't get that, but he still broke the world record. Did he fall 47, asleep? 47,000. <laughs> Or well, 47 million, um, I beg your pardon. That is a big score. And he got 62 million. Wow. Over the, over the last record. So, well done, that guy. That's a really good. My brother lives still in Wayne where I used to live. And he came up the other day and said, um, oh, I found some arcade machines in some of the second-hand shops. Because quite a few down there. And he knows a few of the guys. He trades with them a bit and does a bit of eBay business. I said, oh, what is it? What is it? I got quite interested in it. He said, oh, it's um, something called Travis USA. I used to have the board of it's a little motorbike racing game. It's quite simple. And I said, oh, is it a genuine cabinet? He said, I don't know, I don't know. I've looked through the window, I can see it. It looks like this. And I said, oh, I don't really understand what you're saying. And I looked on, on some of the online bits and, oh, if that's the proper Williams cab, it's actually yeah. an Iron game. I think they licensed it. It's quite a rare cab. You don't see many Travis right. USAs. So I thought, oh, it probably won't be because that's America only. Yeah. And he said, oh, this guy's got a Mrs. Pac-Man table as well. I got a bit excited about it because Mrs. Pac-Man, the proper midway table, the tall one with the big screen, is very rare in this country. You don't get many of them at all. I said, oh, it's probably just an old title. It's been converted, I expect. Mm. I don't know. And he said, the guy said it's a bit rough. You know, I don't know. I have to look. And I said to him, well, try and find out some details. And the other day, he sent me some pictures via WhatsApp. And the actual upright Travis USA, which we thought was an original, was actually a an Irem game called Tomahawk 777. No, never heard of that one. I think it was a deco game. Different people brought it out, but it's a really distinctive, colourful cabinet. It's just got wooden sides, but really colourful artwork on the front. It looked in really nice condition, yeah. but it'd been converted into another game. Oh, right. And the interesting thing about it, it took loads of pictures, and it was actually, it had a, an Electrocoin Automatics uh, marquee on it, which is like, you know, the ones we used to see when they were converted in the arcades, yeah. which converted to Travis USA, had a, a new control panel, just an aluminium control panel, and it had the game in it, it showed me the game board, and everything works apparently, and um, it actually, funnily enough, it had a Simmons sticker on it, which was the company who, like the leisure company in Weymouth on the Granby Industrial oh, okay. Estate, and he was, I only actually know one of the guys who runs the place, he used to sort me out loads of arcade stuff, so it's quite interesting seeing this. Yeah, and it used to be, with it then. yeah, it used to be in uh, a guest house in the road I used to live in. 
Because there's quite a lot of guest houses up there. It used to be in one of those. Apparently, the kids used to play it all the time. So you're going to buy it? I'm not, actually. It's not really my game. But I put it on one of the forums saying, is anyone interested in buying this? Can I let it out to someone who might want it? And there's yeah. a bit of interest, but I don't even know how much the guy wants for it. But it's quite a nice condition. But yeah. you know, being a converted cab, not original, it's not so sought after. But it's yeah. a, a nice-looking cab to be converted into maybe a multi-machine or a main machine you get or something. to the point where, you know, you filled your arcade room up. You've got to be very particular about what you buy, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, you have. You've got to be a bit picky. That's why I didn't have the one-off Greg, because yeah. the one I've got already is better condition and it needs less work. Yeah. And I haven't really got the time at the no. moment. I've got a lot of things to do. So, yeah, we'll be doing that one up soon, though. Got the South Coast Slam coming up in Worthing. We certainly have. Easter weekend. Yeah, I can't go to that, as we know. Can't go to your birthday on the 12th. <laughs> There's also a revival weekenders coming up. Uh, they're going to be doing a, a bi-monthly event what over the weekends. That? That's the 12th and 13th well, of that's April. that's my weekend. That's your weekend. So yeah. we I, we couldn't both go anyway because I'm in yeah. Frankfurt that weekend yeah. as well. But they're going to be every two weeks now in Wolverhampton. Oh, right. Uh, a place called the Fiction Warehouse. They're a partnership with Retro Leisure Midlands and the Fiction Warehouse Project. And they're going to premiere the revival weekend on 12th and 13th. 15 quid for standard adult ticket. There's cheaper ones for kids and... Once we just the single days as well. Sounds pretty good. Uh, we'll we put the website on the show notes so everyone can have a look at that. Go to that hopefully. The revivals we've been to before have been really good. Yeah. We like those. Quite small we've events, but good. We've a few cabs, haven't we? Yeah. So those. Yeah, before well. we have. Yeah, 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 absolutely. They're going to have 40 arcade machines apparently. Consoles, projector saps for gaming, bars, snacks, all that sort of stuff. Free jukeboxes. So that sounds quite a good little party actually. Yeah. Not too far from us. So. The next one, we'll have to plan for that, I think. Definitely, mate. Definitely. Absolutely. Also, I was looking, I found some bits and bobs news. I was looking for things to talk about. Uh, there's a guy in Antwerp who decided people should be playing arcades more, which I totally agree with. <laughs> and he lives, he lives in, I think, above a shop, and there's a shop front there, an empty shop front. And he, he put a big long screen in there, like a long sort of uh, viewing screen, you know, that's advertising things. And he actually made a game that's running on two Arduinos, which are like little computers. And he put the control panel with two two sticks and jump buttons outside of the, the actual shop in front of his screen and oh. just left it on free play. Right. And people just came along and went, oh, it's a game, and just started playing it. Really? But no, it's all free. <laughs> it's it, We've put a, a link to the show notes. Have a look. It's real fun. Oh. It's just got a video camera set up hidden watching people... Playing the game. Playing the game, yeah, it's really nice. The guy who did this has also released notes, had to make their own thing of what he did as well, which is quite cool. One other thing I've been reading, well, listening to on different podcasts lately, we should talk about really, mm-hmm. is the so-called, inverted brackets, video game crash in 1983. Right, yeah, well... It never affected us in the UK, no, did it? I don't think his kids were really aware of it, were we? I, you know what? There's a lot of talk in America where it did go down a bit, and I think, you know, arcades closed down, because there were so many over there. Yeah. And so many lost their businesses. Over here, there weren't so many. No. But we were we were mad for arcade games. Whether they were going in or out of fashion, we still kept playing them. Yeah. You know, consoles at home and arcade stuff. Yeah. I mean I never I never remember anything going down and arcades closing down. No, I, I think if you were in the business you probably would have been more aware of it, obviously, because I you, don't know. you made a living out of it. But as kids I mean, I certainly don't remember the inverted commas crash. Yeah. Because we were too busy playing games on the consoles as well and you know yeah. didn't really read papers back then either did we because I, I remember well when I grew up sort of from about 1985 onwards in Weymouth a seaside town and there was 10 or more arcades mm. there and I don't remember any of them ever closing down or getting no. quiet or anything they were always really buzzing on the weekends used to have things come to the seaside like Get Fresh was a 
yeah. TV program for kids on a Saturday. He used to come to the town and he used to have the Radio One Road Show, and we used to go mad for it. There was hundreds of kids there, always in the arcades, always yeah. chucking money in the arcades. I mean, I was a little bit confused about why, what, what, what caused the crash. Was it kids growing up and moving on to other games like we all do? Or was it because it was saturated with games? I don't I know. I think the, the oversaturation. So many, what they called shovelware came out. They were just shoveling yeah. these games out the door. Like they do with consoles. Yeah. I mean, some of the games come out were absolutely rubbish. And they, they'd go to an arcade. The arcade wouldn't get any money out and send them straight back. Yeah. And that's money lost for the companies. And they used to close down because they couldn't yeah. sell their games. But it serves them up for producing rubbish games. Yeah. Really. But I can never remember any arcades going down. It's a really weird thing. Yeah. But I think I think as kids... Nobody noticed. It was only the companies who noticed. Because even with like old Spectrum and Commodore 64 and Amstrad games, they just kept coming out and kept coming out. You had some rubbish ones which were reviewed poorly mm. and they got by the wayside. But the good ones came out. People bought them. Yeah. You know, we, we'd spend our six, seven quid on a pocket money buying a tape or a yeah. disc or whatever you're lucky enough to have a disc drive. And it just kept going. There was never a shortage of games ever, I remember. Yeah. Oh, there was always something new coming out every single month. New games coming you out. You know, like kids, they want the latest thing. We must have been the same when we were kids. We want the latest thing. Yeah, but it never stopped. Everything was coming out all the yeah. time. Every week there'd be another game, another game from a decent company. It got company. to the point where console stuff had overtaken graphically. So it was more secure. It sort of got there by uh, the Mega Drive games, then the sixteen bit. Yeah. yeah, the sixteen bits, which I was sort of I was sort of out and then back into. I was getting mm. getting back into it again because I was, you know, by then I was sort of meeting girls. Yeah, there was ladies involved and bits yeah. of drinking and starting to work and what sort of stuff. But yeah, but I never really moved away from no. gaming. I've always been in there, whether yeah, it was just too, a Game man. Boy or whatever. Should we do a bit of listener feedback, old son? Yeah, go on in. What have we got? Oh, let's be we've quite a lot actually. Over this two weeks. We we left it two weeks. Because we're busy guys, yeah. we want more to speak about, more time to actually produce this thing as well, and do interviews sometimes when we can. It, it only takes like an hour to record it, but we've got to muck about with, you know, sort of research and looking at these games, actually playing the damn games as well, yeah. finding different bits out. It takes a bit longer to produce than you might think, but I love doing it, and I want to spend a bit more time doing it rather than rushing it through. Yes. So every two weeks, I think it's going to be a bit better for everyone, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Please don't get bored of us. Please listen. But the listener feedback, um, gamesyoulove.com who I follow on Twitter, which are really, really good. They tweet loads of stuff. They've tweeted a really nice Pac-Man street art picture. It's a clever 3D effect sprayed on the ground. It's an image on, on the, the floor by an artist called Leon Keir. Uh, he does a lot of that 3D stuff. Really? Yes. I, I saw this. I was amazed by it. And yeah. I have a look at this. I'll put a link in the show notes for this one Pac-Man thing. It's really smart how he's done it. Yeah. Really nice. Our friend Roger Cantor. Suggested we have a top 10 cabinets in our fantasy arcade. We're trying to build them up. I think we've got about five each so far. And you've just added this week's game to your fantasy oh, league, haven't you? Definitely. iRobot. So we're going to start building them up. And what we'll have to do is when we fancy having one of these in our fantasy arcade, we've got to kill one off. Kill one off? Yeah, we're going to have to. We can only, we've got this fantasy arcade. We can only fit 10 cabinets in, remember? Yeah. When you've got 10 in there, it's yeah. one out, one in. Okay. And you have to explain why you're doing it as well. Well, you can keep it. Status quo. Yeah, you yeah. can't you can't put any more in. No, there's no extensions going on this fantasy league. <laughs> it's all in our minds. Roger also put forward another game to do with bees. You know, I'm obsessed with bees being yeah. horrible in games. There's a game actually called Beezer. Beezer sounds like a geezer game. Geezer. <laughs> well, it's a it's a game. It's a conversion kit, and you've got I think trap bees in it. But the actual conversion kit was for a Galaxian cab or a Pac-Man, that same shaped cab. I've put a link in the show notes, and it was a really smart-looking game. It was a trackball game. 
Okay. If you play it in MAME, it doesn't work very well because you've got to use a joystick. It's not work, yeah. works the way. And you've got to sort of, it's almost like a puzzle game. You've got to trap things in these like rotating honeycombs. Okay. But the actual artwork that went on, so it's a full artwork, really colourful artwork, nice trackball control panel. It all came with the kit. It's a really nice looking thing. I don't think it did very well. And it was a bit of an oddity, but it looks really nice. And Roger alerted us to that. I, I'd seen it before and forgotten about it, but it's another thing to do with the bees. Okay. Also, the guy called uh, K-Man Sweden. His real name is Peter, sorry about this, Koskimaki. Hey, Hugh Mordu. That's my Swedish for you. Tack. <laughs> That's the only bit Swedish I know. <laughs> I recognise his handle as K-Man Sweden from Arcade Otaku. He's been on there quite a bit. He's uh, quite pleased with what we do, kept the good work. And he recommends a game Lost Tomb by Stern. And we do like a Stern game, don't we? We do like Stern, yeah. It's a double joystick thing, like Robotron. Cool. And it looks quite difficult. I had a quick go of it, but I was only using one joystick and a stupid keyboard. So I have to put it on a cab and have a proper go of it. But it looks quite fun. The Stern game's just something else. Yeah. They're very similar styles. They must have used the same hardware or something, but it's a really good-looking game. They're unreliable, though, aren't they, the old Sterns? No, these ones are on Konami hardware, so they're better. They're later ones. They're not sort of berserk berserk, hardware, which fell apart for a pastime. They were rubbish. Good games, but rubbish hardware. We've added that to our list. Talking of Arcade Otaku, I had one more bit. We don't have a lot of feedback on there, because they're more of the Japanese sort of later games yeah. on Arcade Otaku. There's a guy called Crunchy Wasp up in Scotland, who I've talked to before. He's downloaded all our podcasts, and he's looking forward to listening to them, but he doesn't know how to change his cast there over to listen to them. Change his cast area? Yeah, because you can change it onto auxiliary to listen to um, things off a, a USB stick or whatever. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Crunch... Sort it out, mate. Come on. Got an old, he's got an old one there. Isn't yeah, it? but retro, don't yeah. try. Don't don't judge off early podcasts. They're not so good. The quality's terrible. No. Hopefully, they're better. Forget Just, those. Yeah, forget the first ones. <laughs> no, the content was pretty good. It was all right. One listener at a time, mate. One listener at a time. But don't judge us. So on to our game of the week, mate. And what is it? It's iRobot. Classic game, mate. And where did you used to play this? You've told me about this before. Well, I live in Twickenham, which is the home of English rugby, and we used to have an arcade there called Razzle Dazzle, which was like a fancy dress shop. Razzle Dazzle? Ow! Um, but as soon as you walked in the front door, you had about 10 cabs in there. You used to rotate them. Awesome. And this is one I they used to have, and I had real fond memories of, because for me, this was a really grown-up type of game. This was, this was cool. It was way ahead of its time. Oh, definitely. I've never seen anything like it. It's an Atari game, released in 1984, and it's a game by a guy called Dave Fuhrer, who also did Tempest and Missile Command, so he was a heavyweight in Atari, this guy. Uh, it was brought out during the video, so-called video game crash we were talking about earlier, and it was only about 750 to 1,500 units produced, so no one's sure how many were actually made. Uh, so it makes it a very rare cabinet these days, and it didn't do that well because of the video game crash. And I think it was, I think the game personally was way ahead of its time I think people yeah. didn't get it as much they weren't ready for it but I think the game probably cost a lot of money to produce as well because it had loads of extra di- different chips and new- it must have, the development on it must have cost an absolute fortune with all these polygon graphics did this game come after Major Havoc and yes it did and it's, what, was it's the same one? what was the other cab they used that game in Return of the Jedi Return of the Jedi yeah I think so so you would have thought it wouldn't have cost them that much money because it would have came as a kit. The absolute cabinet wasn't the problem. It was the actual, I think it was the development of the game. Because this game used a 6809 processor, I think it was quite new at the time, and it used four pokies, which is quite a lot of pokies for the time. And it had 
a custom bit slice 3D processor that could shift 2,000 polygons per second. That was absolutely unheard of back then. I mean, nowadays, a mobile phone can do better than that. Yeah. But back then, this was a brand new thing. It was... Because it didn't do very well, it was a bit of a nightmare for Atari. I think they lost a lot of money on it. Mm. But later on, people realised how good the game was, especially mm. technically. And it was, there was always this rumour, and it's been since known as an absolute myth, where Atari, I think Ireland, where they used to build them in Tipperary, were shipping a load of them, 500 over to Japan. And they made out that 500 were pushed overboard so they could reclaim on the insurance. But that's an absolute myth. One of those fantastic Atari stories that wasn't true. Yeah. But yeah. sounds good, though, doesn't it? I mean, it started off as, with a different name, Ice Castles, I believe. Ice Castles, yeah, 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 I saw that when I was looking yeah. about it. So I don't know why they changed the name, but it suits the game anyway, because yeah. you've got this big eye at the top of a pyramid, haven't you? I, robot! And you're a robot against the system. You are Unhappy Interface Robot 1984. That sounds like a Smith song, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you rebel against Big Brother. That's where the big eye you know, Big Brother's watching you comes in. And the idea of you're the robot and what you've got to do is try and destroy this eye. And the way you destroy it is you bring down its shield and you paint the floor. When there's red parts of the floor, you move your robot across the floor to paint them blue. And if you if there's a place where you can jump, you'll move across and automatically jump to the next part. And the rule, the one rule of this game is no jumping. When? If the eye goes red and it sees you jumping, it will automatically kill you. You will die straight away. There's no yeah. getting away from it. It will get you every time. And this is what I like about this game, is it's always your fault when you die, because it gives you plenty enough warning. Yeah. The eye opens up. It's got a lid that slowly lifts up, and then you've got like a green, uh, and then an amber, then a red. Yeah, and if, you, if you're in the air when that red, you're dead. Yes. Simple as that. So you've got plenty of warning. You know, if you die, it's your fault. Absolutely. You're getting too greedy because you're, you've got a time limit against you as well. Yeah, you are timed. Yeah. But I will still swear at myself. If I do something wrong, I will swear at myself as well as the computer and anyone else in the way. Yeah. You have a four-way joystick up down left, right. You have one button for jumping. Sorry, one button for firing. Yes. Jumping's automatic. That's right. When you've filled out all the, the squares on the floor, it's almost like a proper polygonal 3D version of Qbert. I thought. Whereas Cubert's an isometric and you jump on the different things to change the different colours. You do that. Mm. And when you've done all the colours, it says you can jump onto the thing. And when you jump on in front of the eye, you'll jump on there and th you'll laser bolt the eye and it'll kill the eye. Yeah. You, you can also build bridges across as well. If you jump across from one place to the other yes. and, you, and you complete that tile, it will automatically build a bridge between yeah. the two of you. But until you actually um, paint all the squares, that, that depletes the yes. Big Brother's shield, then you can kill him. Yeah. So you've got to do that before you get there. When you've done that level, you'll get bonuses. If you do it quicker than anyone else has ever done, I think, in that day, you'll get 2,500 point bonus. Another great thing about this game, it's encouraging you to do it quicker yeah. and to work these puzzles out as quickly as you can. It's quite twitchy when you, when you very, get down the lower rewarding. time. rewarding. It rewards you a lot in this game. Do you die if the timer runs out? I'd never got that far to run out. No. I always did it in time. Uh, yes, I did. Yes, he just he just bailed over. The robot just Oh, the robot over. dies, yeah. You're an unhappy robot. He's even more yeah, unhappy then. bails over. When you've done this level, when you've painted all the floor and you've shot the eye, you do a flying level, which reminds me of Blaster by Williams. It's a 3D thing going through the air, and you've got things in front of you which you can blast and shoot as you're flying through to the next level. And if you get all the Tetras, 
which are these sort of uh, flying objects, you shoot all them. Huge bonus. You get big bonuses. And if you do that level quicker than anyone else that day, you get a big bonus as well. And it's quite colourful. And What about the letters? Did you notice the letters? The I. Yes. I noticed it tonight, before I come out, I was doing some notes. I was watching a YouTube video of someone playing it, and I noticed him shoot the, the letter. I'd never noticed that before. Yeah, I managed to get about four letters. So if you get iRobot, do you get a bonus? Must must be. There's a lot of secrets to this game, I exactly. think, that we've not delved like. into yet. This is what I think this game is, is genius, to be honest with you. I really do like this it's game. It's cleverer than you first think, yeah. I think. Yeah. When I first played it, I thought, oh, this is... It looks nice. It's quite technically good for the time, for that it was back early. Yeah. And I thought, it's not very playable, though. Remember, that's what yeah. it didn't... But when you find out a bit more about it and you delve into it more, yeah. there's lots more it's, into it. It starts off there. very simple, and you get more and more things coming at you. Later on in the level, well, the first level is when you jump, there's birds flying towards you. They sort of go from the distance and come towards you. If you hit a bird, you'll die. Yeah. You can shoot these things you in the air. You can shoot them across, which is good. And then later on, on the later levels, you get more obstacles. You get spheres, these big balls flying towards yeah. you, and there's tubes which you can go through, which you go up and down. You can shoot those hexagon-type balls, can't you, on the shooting level for extra points, but you've got to be quick because they change colour. Yes. And as you're approaching them, you've got to get them shooting quick. them, you've got to shoot them quick before you hit them. The, the tr- trick is to get the Tetras, which look a bit like diamonds. Yeah. And if you get all of them, you get a bonus at the end. Again, you get too greedy. You're trying to get a perfect score and you die. Cause you yeah, you'll miss. You'll crash the... into something. And this is what's great about it. It's, it's this great risk-reward element to it. And it, it really does reward you extremely well for playing well. There's, there's loads to it. There's another thing I found on level two. There's a sort of little, looks like a lantern. It's a warp. If you hit that, it asks yeah. you if you can warp to another level. And you can go to any of the levels within reason. And I think if you do that level, you get a 20,000 point bonus for doing the warp level. Yeah. And there's a lot of these in there. Did and you do that? Did I did get... a few, yeah. I did yeah. a few. And later on in the game, I was reading, I didn't actually get to these higher levels, but there's a lot of different things later. There's a really weird thing later on that tries to kill you. It doesn't target your robot, your player, mm. but it targets your viewer. Another thing I didn't realise until later on, it's with the one-player and two-player start buttons, you can move your view up and down, yeah. which was another unheard-of thing back then. Nowadays, on car racing games, like Sega Rallies and your initial Ds and all this sort of stuff, you've always got a button to view, so you can view right behind the car or in the car or further away. Well, I must back. have hit one of those because I remember on a couple of levels, the view kept going up. Yeah, which is easier because you can see everything better. Easier, but I, and I remember you saying to me, you know, it's less points. So I wanted to get back down. I didn't realise you had to press that button yeah. to, to move the view. Well, that's back your down. option. If you if you go down really low, so you're behind the robot, right behind him, you can't see what's going on very well, but you get a bonus multiplier a lot higher if you do the level. Did you find that the higher you're up looking down, you couldn't see the eye so well, though? Yeah, but I found that if you got a middle ground, it was easier. Yeah. But you need you can you can muck about with that when you're playing if you want to get mm. more bonuses but later on there's there's a thing called a view killer mm. a viewer killer and it will fly towards your screen you're looking at not your robot so you've actually got to move down so these things miss you yeah. if they hit your screen that's looking at you rather like in battle zone you know when you get shot in battle yeah, zone yeah. it'll kill you you lose a life even though it's not touched your robot which is a, a newish thing back then i never ever saw a game like that before that did that there's quite a lot of levels. There's over 100 levels 126 as well, which... levels, apparently. Yeah. When you've done up to 126 levels, which I did easily. <laughs> no, I really, did. I really didn't. Uh, after you've done the levels, the levels come through randomly after that. But, I mean, that is a lot of levels to do. I think I did about five or six. If that. To... How many games have got that many levels that are that different as well? Yeah, they did change. You've got a lot of different things trying to kill your robot and get in the way mm. and squash your robot to stop you doing the levels. Did you get to the head? 
I did get the head firing spikes out. Yeah. I think after you do a few levels, there's a, there's a head. It turns round. Looks like I don't know. It's like a. It's like a big ice robot head yeah, thing. Horrible like looking Maximilian, thing. but not so detailed. Yeah, yeah, that sort of yeah. thing. And he's made of polygons because the game's all yeah. polygons. And he fires these spikes at you. You've got to shoot, otherwise they will kill you. And if you keep shooting the head, he turns round. I think yeah. you just got to keep going to the end of the level. Yes. I never actually did that level. Yeah. That's how rubbish I was. Oh, at okay, it. I managed to get off of that. There was also. As well as this normal game, there's a, an option at the start of the game to play a little silly game, like a little in-game. And they called it an un-game. Doodling. Doodle. Doodle. And you can use your joystick and buttons and the one-player, two-player starts to doodle and put little graphics on the screen and make your own little pictures out of yeah. it. I think it's just like a... It's just an idea, a bit of a change, really. So if you're a bit bored of playing the game, you can have a muck about with it. And what yeah. happened is when you played that... It took one of your lives. And for every minute you were playing it, it would take another life. But when you got bored of playing the Doodle game, which I didn't find... No. It was just ridiculous. Well, yeah, I'll play it for a bit to see what it was. Yeah, I didn't see any reason for it. I, I can't I, imagine many kids in a day. Well, no. me, I don't remember really no, playing no. that. You might even be, be able to turn it off with the dip switches. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But um, every minute you lost a life. But you could stop it any time and go back to the game. But it was yeah. a fun little thing they put in there. Yeah, it's quite unusual, unusual time. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, unusual. very Anything more about the game then, Vic? I mean, well, I quite, um, I quite enjoyed it in the end. I got a bit better playing did it. Did you enjoy the pace of the game? Did you find it quick enough? Or when you start doing the levels, you know, and you get used to them, you can get do them a better. lot quicker. Yes, definitely. And the game hops up a bit, and yeah. it gets more interesting as you go quick, and you get through the different levels. And I learned yeah. the warps, so and I think there's a lot more to learn in this game as well. Yeah, I didn't spend enough time really because I've been so busy. I have been trying to play the games, and. I liked it a lot more than I first did. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I wasn't going to give you such grief over it actually, because I was going to give you grief over it. But I think it was actually quite good in I the think, end. I mean, I can't find a fault with this game. I really can't. I, it, I, I really can't. I think, I think it was. It was. It was technically really good and ahead of its time, but the gameplay wasn't quite with the later 3D games. Yeah. But, I mean, it was an early game, and it was it was really breakthrough at the time. And I think people since... Well, I don't understand why it didn't do so well. It being such a breakthrough game. I mean, I loved it. I, I put loads of money into this game. I think it was too technical, to be honest with you. And you People know, weren't used to seeing these 3D graphics. Yeah. They weren't used to it. They were too, too used to playing Space Invaders and Pac-Mans yeah. and Galaxians and those quite, I mean, games. A lot of kids didn't quite understand what you had to do. They just didn't quite get it. Especially with the viewing as well. When you start yeah. moving the views on, all the screen's all moving why is it I moving? think because it, it was local move. to me I mean literally five minutes up the road for me I was in there quite a lot it gave me a lot of time to, to get used to it and you know there's one game I, I remember a lot and one of my favourite games of all time actually I bet being called iRobot you being a bit of a nerd you thought of the Asimov thing as well yeah I thought there was a connection but I don't think there is, is there? it's got more of a 1984 connection really yeah. doesn't it an Orwell thing with the, yeah. the big brother is watching this big horrible eye yeah. which reminds me of a later game on the spectrum called Sentinel do you ever remember that Sentinel I do yeah. that was a polygon early yeah. polygon game as well where something was watching you all the time yeah so on to the disgusting idea of the scores. What kind of score did you get? I'm sure you beat me. I got... Fifty-four point six one three thousand. Oh, that's I. I'm. I can't remember my score offhand. I didn't write down, but it was forty-nine thousand and something. Oh God, I'm so depressed. Ah, good. Beat Which, you. yeah, I think when I got into finding the bonuses. I think I could have done better. Yeah. And some of the guys playing along with us have got up to 70,000 because I think they worked out the bonuses as well. So, so you know, good on you guys. 
I was Good enjoying scores. the game so much, and I found when I was warping and going to uh, the bonus levels with a higher score bonus, yes, my gameplay wasn't as long because obviously the difficulty level was a lot higher. And because I was enjoying the game so much, I almost wanted just to not go through the warp and just go through the levels, you know, as they were uh, given to you. Yeah, you sort of miss out a bit, don't you, when you, you jump do, through levels? Yeah, because it's such a big jump. I guess it's a bit like Tempest. The same guy wrote Tempest. Yes, isn't it? it was. Yeah, you know, you've got that jump, haven't you? Yes, you can. System. And also, a later Atari game, Clax, which I really, really like, good puzzle game, you can warp through that as well. You can yeah. jump through levels, and you tend to miss a lot of the early levels. Yeah. So if you're a bit of a beginner, and then you jump a level, you'll have no chance, because the game gets a lot harder, a lot quicker on the later levels. So what did you think of the cab then, Vic? The cab is nice looking. It's a weird looking thing, isn't it? But I like Major Havoc. It's very, it looks like a stealth bomber, doesn't it? It's got it that does, yeah. Really pointy monitor shroud. And yeah. A very thin cab as well, isn't it? Very unusual. Didn't one come up for auction recently, or someone on one of the forums had one for sale? I think there is one coming up, yeah. Yeah. I know of only one collector that's got one, and that's Alpha One. Yes, he's probably got two uh, knowing him. I'll keep asking him to bring him along to the South Coast Slam, please. Yeah, be really nice. want to play one again. Yeah, I like it. I think it's awesome. It's you know definitely my top it's ten. It's definitely going on your cab list. Yeah, definitely. I bet if you had more room in there, you'd have that one that's coming yeah, up. I would, yeah, I would. But you would. I'd have that. I like it a lot. But, I mean, finding spares for it must be almost impossible. I mean, these things... Yeah. I've, I've never seen one in the flesh, I don't think. You obviously have, because you're back in your day. Yeah. I've never I, seen it's one. It's only got a joystick, isn't it? Joystick uh, and one joystick. button. Yeah. A button either side and one player two players. The either side. You can't really see very well from this picture, but... They're sort of on, on the side. Rather than on top, they're on yeah. the side. You hit the side, like a, almost like a pinball on yeah. the side of the column there. Yeah. yeah Nice-looking cab, though. Really different-looking. So you definitely have one, then. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I'll definitely have it. It looks quite deep. So I reckon, so, for all its... Charm. I think it's a winner this week, don't you? Yeah. You Absolutely. like it? Yeah, I, I got yeah, quite good. I will play it again as well, yeah, I think, I just will. to beat your score. <laughs> and I'll tell everyone about it as well. <laughs> yeah, give it a go, guys. I'll, I'll totally recommend that. Absolutely. One. Right. I do believe it's my go for next week's game, isn't it? Yeah. Was it a, a, a lucky listener? No, I chose iRobot, so it's your turn. Right. Let me put it on pause a second. I'll have a quick look at our list. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Right. I have our detailed list in front of me and it's going to be Iron Horse Iron Horse Konami game side scroller it's a little bit of a side scroller on a train cool I like side it's a really good if you like Green Beret yeah. or Russian Attack you'll like this one it's the same game like Rolling Thunder is it no 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 no, no <laughs> absolutely not I've actually got this board that's how much I like it alright cool so that'll be it right one more bit of uh, detail to do before we go on to the end of it. And that is our interview a couple of weeks ago with Ollie. Muddy yes. Music down yep. in Somerset. We had a great day that day. Played some of his cabs in his little arcade there. And he showed us uh, around his, his arcade, his man cave. Yeah. I played a game I thought I hated. And I couldn't understand why people like it so much. Everyone goes on about this game. Mm. A game called Chase HQ. It's a racing car game. You don't race other cars. You're sort of avoiding cars, and you're you're a police car. You're after a perpetrator, and what you've got to do when you get up to him, you, your guy radios through the guys in front of you, and you've got to try and ram him off the road. You're a bit like Spy Hunter, then, isn't a it? A little bit, yeah. You haven't yeah. got any weapons, but you just ram him off the road. And I found this game. It only had it's very very simple. You had a high and low gear, steering wheel, and an accelerator. No brakes. You just let off a bit to the brake. Really simple to play, and I really liked well, it. I was chance to play that. 
I was really surprised, mate. You missed out. It was. It was. A, I don't normally like racing car games. Yeah, and I really liked. We well, had a lot of races, didn't he? And, he does like the races, and I don't normally touch them, to be honest with you. But when you're forced to to play them, you think, "Hang on, there." Yeah, yeah, they were there, so stuff. you had to play them. Really, you played Initial D, which is quite a late oh, game, isn't that it? Is a on price. Naomi Two Hard Drivers game, that is. I didn't you put like some it. Gloves on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and have a big and have glasses and have a pipe. Yeah, I'm no, driving awesome. my car. I do you know what I liked about initial D was the drifting, and it's quite similar to um, Mario Kart, and that's yeah. why I, I connected with it because it you've got these long corners. Yeah, it's a Japanese drifting right game, isn't it? I love the music. Well, that is an anime. Yeah, it's uh, an anime. Of, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's all sort of. I think it's anime about five and before a game. Yeah, yeah. I think there's about five different games initial D's, and they're all on, on yeah. these, these nice new looking cabs. Yeah. But the idea is to. I, I was rubbish at it. That's why I didn't like it. Yeah. When I sort of got into a, a bit where I hit the side, I was hitting the side. Bang, bang, bang. No, I'm not playing it anymore. I'm going to yeah. play. I'm going to play Chase HQ. It's easier. Yeah, I like that one. Um, we also played Circus Charlie, which Circus he had Charlie, in the Juno first yeah. cap, which was really nice. I I actually played Zookeeper a lot because I love that game. He had that in his Bubble Bobble and machine, didn't he? I beat my old record, so I got two thousand. Well you didn't beat my score. <laughs> no, I got nearly there. Yeah, I won Zookeeper. I, you know how much I hated Zookeeper? Yeah. I even played it then. I just had to another go. It's and it, a great game. I like it better than I used to, put it See, that way. See, I'm winning you over, aren't I? You are a little bit, yeah. yeah. Which is quite weird. Yeah, it's a good, good, funny little game, yeah, that. it's quirky. And he had an MVS cab, a little MVS cab, and he's doing up an afterburner at the moment. Yes, he's just put the side art on there. Oh, nice he just sent me a text, actually. That's an iconic cab, awesome. isn't it? That is an iconic cab. Yeah, I quite like the game, but I don't. I wouldn't have it in my collection, but I quite like the game. And he's got an outrun, the one we, you picked up from. We yeah, had to move the it on. And that's got this hilarious force feedback. Scared the life out of you, it? did. It? When I first played it, because it, it, it squeals a bit, because it's a bit squeaky, it sounded like someone being attacked. It was, ah! And I was like, oh my God, what's going on here? I had to let go of it, and we were playing that of it as well. Yeah. So we hope you enjoy the interview. Yeah, some pictures as well of his arcade. There'll be some pictures of Ollie in his arcade on the show notes. Cool. Uh, that's about it for us. Enjoy the interview, and thanks a lot. See you next time. Cheers, guys. Bye. Hello and welcome to the 10pence arcade podcast interview with Ollie Cotton. Ollie, would you like to uh, tell everyone what you do for a living? Uh, yeah, I'm a uh, self-employed web designer, um, so I get to work from home most of the time, which is very nice. And what else do you do from home when you're not when you're supposed to be working? I, I don't fiddle about with arcade cabs because that would be wrong, actually. And you think that helps being into the computer side of it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, because uh, I spend a lot of my time designing artwork for print media, um, which is coming really handy for, uh, obviously, restoring machines and stuff. I know this because I've had artwork off you before. And uh, we're looking at, we're in your arcade at the moment, I'm looking at some rather smart artwork in front of me, a, ghost, a ghouls and ghosts machine. We shall talk about that later. Uh, let's go back a bit in time. What was your first gaming experience? Oh, that's a long time ago. Probably not. Years. Yeah, not as long as yours. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, I, I remember it. It was uh, playing River Raid on the Atari, what would that be, the 2600? 2600. Yeah. Yeah, that was, someone brought it into school and uh, I was hooked. Yeah. With those blocky graphics. Oh, awesome game though. Awesome Excellent. game. Uh, what was the first arcade experience? Did you have arcades when you lived when you were a kid? I, I certainly did, yeah. I was, because uh, I grew up by the coast in Somerset. I had uh, quite a lot around me because I was near Minehead. 
Oh yeah, um, excellent seaside. So town. yeah, there's some really good arcades down the seafront there. And uh, yeah, I had one in the town I grew up in. There's one just around the corner from my house, like two okay. minutes walk. So I was in there. And what was kind of games sort of era was that then? Is that early 80s or late 80s? Because I think you're a bit younger than me and Alex. Yeah, sort of late 80s, I suppose I discovered the arcade. Favourite games at that time you were playing on, remember? Same ones I'm still playing now. Yeah, Bubble oh, Bobble, Outrun. Yeah, yeah, there's uh, some really good ones. I was just caught the end of some of the sort of Golden Age games, I suppose. Still knew about Pac-Man and Space Invaders, but yeah, it was... Uh... The, kind, the kind of games that people weren't playing, it was shoved in the corner back then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Our favourites. Now, you've massed um, quite a good collection. We're sat in your arcade now, and I'm looking at quite a few games. Uh, we've got a bit of a list here. We've got a Bubble Bobble Machine, custom-made machine. We've got Ghouls and Ghosts Dino King, same kind of thing as I've got with my Mr. Drillin. And you've got a Neo Geo MVS Lord's Vale, which is a nice cab. You've got an Upright Outrun. You've got a Chase HQ. And at the end, you're sat in front of a nice Space Harrier sit-down, not the moving one. Outrun 2, a bit of a later game. And then you've got Juno First. And I'm sat on the initial D machine. How many is in here at the moment? Nine machines in here. Is this your Grail cabs at the moment, or do you think yeah, these are pretty more? much um, the ones that I've wanted for a while. It's taken me quite a long time to get the collection like this. Been a lot of swapping about. I've been through quite a lot of cabs, but these these are ones that I'm happy playing, and they're they're all ready to go. I can just turn any of them on now. Yeah, I was just about to ask you condition of the machines, but I think they're all playable at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, everything's working 100%, and of course, by the time we stop recording, they probably won't be. Yeah, we'll turn one on to play when we've recorded, which we're all looking forward to, uh, and you guarantee that one's going to go down. Yeah. Damn things. <laughs> it's an interesting question, we talked about this earlier. How many cabs have you owned in the past? Well, I did, uh, when I knew you were coming, I wrote out a list, and it was quite staggering. I've had... Come on, get 40, to how many? 48. 48 cabs, that's ridiculous. I've in, only had about 30-odd. What's that, in four years? That's so, quite good, because I've been doing it for about seven years now, and I've only had 30-odd. We will put a list of your cabs in the show. We're going to read them out, but there's so many, it'll take half an hour to read yeah. them out. I'll be going, oh, I like that one. The games you played as a kid, are any of them in this room at the moment? Have you purposefully seeked one out that you really liked as a child? Oh, yeah, yeah. Most of these are games that are in my local arcade. Yeah, like I say, Bubble Bobble, which is my favourite game. That was I used to play that all the time, mainly because it was uh, I could get an hour out of twenty p, yeah. um, which was everybody's goal, you know. Absolutely, I got twenty p. I'll be gone for an hour. You'd have to bother your mum for the next hour if that happens. But yeah, and Chase HQ was one I used to play all the time. Um, so I really enjoyed getting into that, and uh, and Outrun, which uh, I had to go to Minehead to play. So nice to get that at last. You just have to go in the back of your house now to play it. Yeah. Excellent. This arcade room at the moment, it's um, a bit bigger than the garage, I suppose. Did you do a lot of work on this yourself to make it uh, arcade playable? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, quite a sizable project. Um, when we bought the house, the previous owner had partitioned part of it off and put a floating ceiling in. Is that what we call it? Floating ceiling? Suspended yeah, ceiling. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't insulated or anything. It leaked um, and it was freezing cold and soaking wet. So I think it was two and a half years ago I emptied it all out and uh, insulated the walls, plasterboarded, put in an uh, insulated floor and uh, basically finished off what he'd started. And uh, yeah, now I can use it all year. Even in the middle of winter it stays. I've just got a little uh, dehumidifier and it stays nice and warm all that the time. Is, that is essential for people who've got their own little garage arcades which aren't perhaps part of the house. Getting some yeah. heating and uh, anti-misting equipment in there like a dehumidifier is absolutely essential I think. 
yeah, because before before I did it, I I did lose a cab um, just through the moisture in the air. Oh, painful! Soaked up all the water and fell to pieces. So did you give it a Viking burial? You float what, it away with a, on with fire a, into with the a river. big hammer and threw it in a skip. That's oh, what happened. What a shame! <laughs> what an absolute shame! I hate that. So you've got a workshop uh, bolted on the side of it as well. You can do a few repairs to. Yeah, that's. Uh, that's where the partition is, I've got about six foot square of just empty space where I can just work on stuff. Paint but I know you, you're going to put fill it full of cabs, aren't you? No. You <laughs> well, it's got one out there already. I thought so. <laughs> so how did you get involved with the restoration part, and how many have you done so far? If you can remember that far back. Oh, well, it's probably about 48. <laughs> You've restored most, all of them? Most of them I've had to do a bit of work on. I rarely buy a mint cab. Um, I, I like cleaning them up, I like fixing them up, that's part of the part yeah. of the hobby I really enjoy. I feel a bit lost if I haven't got something to work on as well. I know the feeling, I'm getting like that at the moment. I've just put one in my garage that may or may not be restored because uh, another one may be coming along. Sorry my life. So what is your favourite part of the restoration? Is it the artwork or the mechanics inside or the, the boards or the monitors? No, no one likes fixing monitors, normally they do though. No, no, I, I let other people do that. Yeah, our man Tony, he's a guy yeah, for monitor Tony, repairs. Tony it? can take all my monitors. I basically have a sort of routine when I get a cab. Um, I'll strip it down, take all the boards out of it, take the loom out, strip the monitor out, um, have it all sort of reconditioned, all the caps changed, new locked and stuff, clean the whole cab down, and then uh, usually I need to redo a bit of artwork or something, which I do myself. Yeah, because you're a bit of a, a computer artist. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's coming really handy if something needs. If I need to vector some art or work from a scan or even a photograph, then I can recreate stuff. Yeah, we've seen some of your work. It's very nice. Some of the side art you've done for people, especially on the bubble bob. I think you did all that yourself. Cause I remember doing the panel for you. Yeah, that yeah. Was that a lovely was. Uh, I think we'll take a picture of that and put it on the website. I know the the artwork was originally some of it was done by uh, Ravage from UK Vac. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, so I reworked his vectors to fit that cabinet. So. Excellent. Yeah. It looks lovely as well. That's one I sold to you, which I particularly like the fact yeah. you've made a good job of it. Didn't well. look like that when you sold it. <laughs> no, it did not. We might even put pictures side by side of that, actually. With all the hard work you actually put into this restoration, and we can see that evidence here, do you find it hard letting go of the cab sometimes? Because you've, you've been through quite a few now. I presume time and, and space is the issue more than anything. You haven't got room to put your favourites in. You've got to get one out, one in. Yeah, yeah, it, it does seem quite like that. It's with some but not really once i've done them i'm sort of i tend to restore it play it to hell just for a couple of weeks just play it all the time yeah, get, get bored it. with it and and move on to the next one that get, that puts me into a bit of a contentious question can you explain the term flipper to some people because it has been bandied <laughs> around before wrongly yeah and rightly in some cases yeah it's true <laughs> but can you can you explain what a flipper is it's not a dolphin no, that's generally someone who buys a cheap cab or board or whatever from, from someone off the forum and then uh, just instantly sells it for a profit. For profit, yeah it's, yeah. it's not a very nice thing. But I think a lot of what I've done it before myself, you buy a cab cheap, you think, oh, this is going to be my favourite cab. You put a lot of work into it, a lot of restoration. You get a board set fixed. You might send the monitor chassis off to be fixed. You put some money into it and you have it in your cat in your arcade and you play it for a while. You like it or not, you might get bored of it. And then something you really, really want turns up. Yeah, and then you have so. to get rid of that cab. And you sell it, and sometimes you might put a bit of profit on, which I don't have a problem with at all, because you've put so much hard work into it, and effort, and even money. And then sometimes you get people moaning, you're flipping it. But you're not. I think that's been a case sometimes with some people. 
But I, I don't agree with it. Yeah, no, because if you've got a, a cab that's dead and falling to pieces, and then suddenly you've got a perfect working mint condition you've cab, saved it. A, you've, Absolutely. You've, yeah, you've saved it. It's, it's protecting them. Yeah, I think so as well. I totally agree with that. What are the easiest cabs to work on, do you think? What would you recommend somebody new coming into the, the hobby to do? Well, that's tough, really, because some can be easy to restore, some can be hard. You don't generally know until you start. Sometimes you can have a look close up and it turns out wood split or mm. um, artwork's peeling. That seems to happen quite a lot off the glass and, and that's really difficult to fix. And uh, Just pick something that you like, something that you want to work on so you've got the incentive to actually finish it. Absolutely. The, the ones I started on when I first started collecting, I didn't go for dedicated cabs. I went for a jammer cab and I had a lot of fun restoring that. And it was just a wooden sided cab. I made a new control panel. I got a bit of art. It's only amateur at the time. I didn't know people like you to do the artwork for me. And I was just getting things printed at a local printer's. It wasn't very good quality. It wasn't very hard wearing. But I'd cover it in perspex. You wouldn't wear it out. I did extra bezels for things. And it was just a jammer cab. And I think jammer cabs are possibly quite easy to work on because you haven't really got anything to follow. There's no dedicated artwork to get reproduced and rescanned and, and reprinted. Yeah, no, that's right. That's, I suppose that's what I started out with was basic, just plain jammer cabs and, and tidying them up because there's there's a lot less to do there's a lot less to worry about and inside you've you've just got a jammer loom a power supply and a monitor so it's nice and easy yeah nice simple way to start and there's loads of guides on the internet and, and on our forums that we go to uh how to put together a cab maybe you know if you've got a complete shell and you wanted to put say a main pc in it or a board a jammer board of some description it's not that difficult really is it no no not when you uh not when you read up just a little bit of knowledge and you can you can find your way around them pretty easy some of the first time I did it, I've always been the kind of person to have a go sort of thing. And when I first got my cab, I just took the back off, had a look inside, and went, oh, it's just that and that and that. That seems fairly easy. You've got to be a little bit careful around monitors. There's a lot of voltage in there. But the rest of it is fairly simple electronics, really, and it's just switches. Yeah, I mean, they are just a box with a telly and a, and a game board in, basically, okay, when you, when you, you say you such break a thing. it down. But it is, yeah, <laughs> you're dead right. It's exactly that. You've lent some of your cabs before to uh, some of the events like replay and, and play events. Are you going to be doing that again in the future? Probably not to the same degree I did because uh, I lent my entire collection last year. Um, it's brave. Which was brave, yeah. And, and uh, obviously, you know, they got enjoyed and played and that's that's what I wanted, to, to just get them out and see people playing on them, enjoying them. But yeah, inevitably you get little bits of damage and things get scratched or... The moving about is the problem, isn't it? Yeah, they they generally don't like being moved. That you know they can be fine when they're sat at home. You stick them in a car, take them to the other end, and suddenly the mono blows. It's just the nature of them. They're so old. It's uh, they're quite fragile. But but yeah, it was nice to see them at an event. But um yeah, maybe one or two. You'll probably see the uh, bubble bubble cab will be going out somewhere. Yeah, this year and the little ghouls and ghosts because it's so small I can just chuck it on the back seat of the car. Same here, I've only got a small car and I can get mine in there, no problem. Yeah, they are tiny. It's, mine it's... probably will be going to uh, South Coast Slam actually. Have you ever got any cabs from abroad? Have you ever imported anything yourself? Because I know a lot of people are importing now, it's getting a bit easier to import from places like America. I have started thinking about things now, there's a Fortnite. regular run. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of cabs that I would like that don't seem to show up. Name them, we want uh, to know. Mappy is yeah. one. I love that cab. Will that fit in here? It's got quite a tall marquee. Yeah, there, I'll have it? to go on a certain side of the wall. Um, a sloping roof here. I just banged my head on the, the light a minute ago. Yeah, but you're nine feet tall, so that's expected. It's, uh, but yeah, that and I'd like Circus Charlie. It's a gorgeous oh, artwork game. and a great game. Top game. You had a Star Wars machine to sit down cockpit. I don't know how the heck you got that in here. 
and you got rid of it, I think, because it's probably too big and you couldn't get anything else in, I presume. Yeah, they they take up a lot more room than you realise. It's uh, where you're sat now, There's you're sat in a sort of cockpit driving cab, yep. and there's another one behind it. It took that entire space. Wow, but that's, that's usually a holy grail for a lot of people as a Star Wars cockpit. It, it was a grail, yeah. Yeah, and I got it, and I played it for a bit. Um, it was running MAME. <gasps> quite at the back. I can and, hear uh, people recoiling now, but what did you do to but it? But I got to play it, and I played it for a few months, and uh, enjoyed it, and it ran. That's, you know, they're just, they're notorious for being difficult to run. The screens are terrible, um, them, aren't they? And I'm more about, I know more about the cosmetics of the cabs than I do about the workings. Um, I'm not great with board repairs, and uh, it was perhaps a little bit more than I could handle, so. A bit ambitious, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's always my worry with vectors. I had a, an asteroids machine, which is quite a simple vector, it was only black and white, and it ran and ran and ran. It, it, it took me three months to, to actually get starting to work, and when it worked, it worked forever. Yeah, they, they can, you know, if you, if you pick the right one, they'll just run flawlessly. Absolutely. But it's, it's, uh, at any moment, you're, you're wondering if it's going to catch fire, and if you can fix it, that's great, but if you don't know, then you've got to rely on other people to take their time out to, to have a look at these and things. It gets quite expensive with those colour monitors as well. Yeah. Yeah. Did you eventually restore it with the original parts in it? I got all the parts and uh, and didn't actually put it together. So it was kit form. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was ready to be put together. I was I was very uh, lucky to track down all the original internals. Yeah. Um, very and to find all them, right? tested working stuff that uh, I got from a forum member. Um, and uh, I tried to put it all together and and I nearly dropped the monitor and it was just I thought no I can't I can't do it got to get rid of it someone else with more space and you know more knowledge can can take it on and now uh, i think that the new owner is probably going to make it look like brand new when he's absolutely finished. we know who so. he is and he's a, a anal with his cabs he's a very very good job of them yeah he certainly does yeah yeah absolutely. so uh, i was glad he took it yeah it's going to good home i think yeah what arcade cabinet are you most proud of and why i think probably my bubble bubble one i know i keep mentioning that game but it's my favourite game, and there, there's no dedicated cab for it, which is really bizarre. With all the other games that have had really nice, um, yeah, dedicated cabs made, I, I can't believe that a game so popular didn't have one. So I, I thought I'll make one, and I'm really pleased with the way it came out. I, I tried to go with something Taito might have made themselves, and I think I, I got pretty, pretty close to that. I concur. And that leads me perfectly onto my next segue of... You're quite good at one game. Can you tell us what it is and what you've done with that game in the it, past? Yeah, yeah, it's that one. It's, bubble Bubble. Yeah, I, I had the world record for a little while um, until someone beat it. I think I was a year and a half, and uh, obviously I, I put a video up on YouTube of it, and I think uh, this guy had seen, oh, I'm quite good at that, and so he came straight and did a maximum. I was hoping he'd do just slightly beat my score so we could play off each other, have a bit of fun with it, but... Uh, yeah, he got the uh, 999990. And you can't beat it, so yeah, so I haven't tried since to play it. Would it be down to time trials after that? You, who can get there first? Maybe. I'd, yeah, I just, I just enjoyed playing it. It was nice It was nice to get a decent score. Would have been good if we could, you know, if he could beat me by half a million, then I'll play it a bit more. And yeah, a bit of a playoff. Yeah. Any more plans to break any other records, or do you hold any more records? I've got a Rainbow Islands one. Damn, you're good. But uh, I'm, I'm the only person with a score registered for that. So <laughs> it's kind well, yeah, of easy. It quite but yeah, I, score, I set a maximum it? on that. Is that completing the game? It's almost completing the game. Oh, yeah, right. it's uh, you basically you have to collect these diamonds in a certain order 
on every world and I did it on all but one. Um, oh, right. And uh, that was quite annoying. Well, when you owned the world record for these two games, that was with Twin Galaxies, yeah? Back yeah. in the day when you could just send in your scores with a video, etc. Yeah, yeah, and you could actually, uh, I'd send them in and the, the guy came back to me and he'd, you know, give me a few comments about the playthrough and everything. It was, uh, yeah, it's a good little system back then. But do you think the UK should have its own affiliated high score system? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's crying out for it, really, because there's, there's a lot of people playing for decent scores now. Um, and since Twin Galaxies disappeared, you know, it's it's just left open. No, there's, there's no one taking stock of what's going on. I think there's a there's a need for a high score table. Um, probably Europe, really, the whole of Europe, because Twin Galaxies weren't very good at recognising European scores. There were no refs over here. No. no um, and it'd be nice to have something to replace that and something, yeah, something a Euro high score table. Because yeah. in in the rest of Europe as well as the UK, you've got. Uh, Italy, Spain, Germany and Austria, I know, are big in arcades. They're really into a lot of the forums we go on, there's quite a few members from these countries. I think even Greece, like yeah, far away yeah. Greece, they've got some good arcades there. And yeah, I think it's crying out for it. You're the second person we've spoken to in these interviews who thinks we should have a UK, and myself included, because I want to get a score for a certain game I like. Um, we, we Hopefully that will be going on in the future. Yeah, it'd be nice to sort of start from scratch with it as well, because I know there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of slightly dodgy scores on Twin Galaxies as well. Scores that aren't actually possible in certain games and things where you just... The game had been out a month and people had set these scores that are ten times what anyone can get today. It's it's all a bit dubious. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to start something. Someone needs to take the reins for that. Yeah, I think it's going to happen soon as well because we've all been crying out for it. And some of those scores, the dubious scores you speak of, when you people have actually worked out how long it would take to get some of these scores, playing non-stop, and it's days on end, and there's only a few people in the world who actually do this, so I think they're a bit dubious as well. Yeah, yeah, because back in the day, the operators would chuck you out. Yeah, if, if you're, you're going to sit there for four pin, days, yeah, it's, it's uh, right, you've had enough, thanks. The machine would be off. I know it certainly would have been in my local arcade. That sort of leads us on to this next question as well. Uh, what do you think of the current arcade scene in the UK? And what do you think would benefit it? What do you think is missing, apart from the machines in the arcades, obviously, nowadays? Well, it's, uh, I know we've you, you've spoken recently with uh, James and Andy um, the retro games about the people, Retro yeah, Games yeah. Party and what's coming up there, and that's going to be great, a, a hub where people can meet up and events can be held and things. And that's, that's sort of what's been missing, really, somewhere to, to have big retro game events. I was quite lucky that the arcade barn is just, 40 minutes from here when that was running that that was a great place to be they had a I remember the barn well yeah it was brilliant yeah there. good selection of dedicated cabs and uh, yeah you could spend a weekend there and, and just uh, get into the atmosphere the other thing that would be nice to see return would be the high school competitions that used to be run the tournaments I think they're going to be brought in soon because the pinball guys have got it down pat they do a lot of competitions north south and Europe and they've got leagues and there's a lot of people playing pinballs nowadays do you intend to get into the pinball scene? Because a lot of arcade guys are. I have had a couple of pinballs. Surprise, um, surprise. <laughs> yeah, I which had ones to, were they? And were they any good? I had a Street Fighter Two, which um, people told me was crap. It um, looks good though. It but yeah, it looks really good. good. I I really enjoyed it, and of course it was my first one, so I didn't really have anything to compare it with. It seemed like a decent game to me. I've heard good reports about it. A friend of mine used to play it in university, and he loves it. That's probably the only one he'd ever have. But yeah, yeah, it was a decent game, and then I got. Uh, I got basically given a, a Twilight Zone, which is one of the, I think, one of the sort of top three 
pinballs of all time. Now, hold on a minute. Just explain that last part a minute. You were given a Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone is a good game to play as well. Like yeah, it? yeah. It was. Uh, it's a great game. I got a lot of play out of that. It was. I was given it on a sort of on a loan just to to keep it. Well, excellent. Way, so. so yeah, yeah. I, I got to keep that for over a year. Um, so I really. That's basically really owning it. it. That's nine tenths <laughs> of the law. You should have kept it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't they think they take a lot of room. It. I don't think you'd have many in here. But you. no, I had, I had one either side of the the row that you see in here, and and basically that took up the space of what seven cabs, I think. So, so yeah, yeah. I probably will get another one in the future. Will you be going to any events this year? If so, which ones are they? Uh, yeah, try and get to some events. Um, I'll probably go to the South Coast Slam. It's coming no, I'm going to miss that one, it? unfortunately, because I'm on holiday. Ah, Holiday where? I hope it's somewhere with an arcade. No, well, yeah, possibly. I might just drop in on James with it. We've got, we're doing a tour of the North, because we lived here for so long, we've not had a chance to do it. But, yeah, it's a bit of a bummer, really, because I, I really like the South Coast Slam, and I'm unfortunately going to miss it. It's one, one of the days we're going to be in Leeds or something, I think. I well, know. I'm going to... I'll try and make it down for that. There's some revival I've already... Uh, Book my hotel for excellent because um, I really enjoyed that last year. Good small meet, yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, yeah, it's nice, nice, uh, nice venue, nice, nice interviews as well. I like what they did there. Mm. There's you know, a play in some, Blackpool as well. You attend on that one as well? Yeah, I won't be going up to that. It's just it's a, far, uh, a little bit too far. Yeah, Absolutely. the uh, anything that's down this way is a bit easier. But yeah, revivals are sort of two hours away. South Coast Slam's the same. But yeah, yeah, and any of the far north ones, it's quite a trek for me. Yeah, unfortunately, the north is getting a, a, more than its fair share of arcades. Yeah, there. too many. It's they need to be distributed. South, but unfortunately, that's not happening. Which was your favourite Spice Girl? <laughs> well, I'm ginger, so it's got to be Jerry, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't tell them that. I was going to say, or should they all be buried in a deep hole and forgotten about? But well, yeah, that was the other answer. So, yeah. <laughs> Finally, what do you think of the Tenpence Arcade Podcast? Absolutely. I can't be honest. Here talking to be you. honest. I love it. No, it's great. It's great. I've been waiting a long time for someone to do it. And oh, I don't overreact the pudding. <laughs> yeah. Where's that tenor? Come on. Well, no, it's uh, got a gun to your head at the moment as we speak. It's good. I've been listening to the um, No Quarter one before you guys started this, and and I thought you know someone in the UK could do this. There's enough people that that will listen to it, and um, like you're doing now, I was hoping you'd do interviews and things because there's a lot of people with well, interesting questions. You were the one I got who suggested actually, so well done for that. It seemed to be going quite well so far. Well, yeah, this is the second one you've got to me, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure who we're doing next, but yeah, we're coming. Anyway, Ollie, uh, I think that's about it. Thanks very much for inviting us. Cheers, mate. No, thank you. You can download or play the podcast, view all the show notes and leave feedback at www.tenpencearcade.co.uk or email me at vertvic at tenpencearcade.co.uk You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can Twitterize us at tenpencearcade for me and at Nintendo Arcade for Alex. We'd love to hear from you regarding game suggestions, personal arcade experiences or anything arcade related you'd like to share.